Hey, what is going on, guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here to break down the six-game NBA main slate on Tuesday. If this is your first time watching. Welcome to my channel. My name is DK. I make content for daily fantasy sports, prize picks, and NBA top shot. Um, if you guys want more in-depth content uh, for daily fantasy sports, I do offer that on Patreon.com, uh, player pools with cash, GPP, play score plays, uh, roster construction videos for the main and showdown slate, and most importantly, the private live stream before lock. Um, so again, if, if you're interested in that, you can check out my Patreon that is linked down below. The sponsor of this video, guys, which I'm sure a lot of you have heard by now, is Prize Picks, which is a player prop site. Um, they have every single sport you can think of. You can mix and match sports. So how it works is you pick two to five player props, and you can win up to 10 extra money. So if you guys want to give it a try, you can sign up and use my code DKDFS for a 100% match up to $100. All right, so let's get into the video, guys. Um, let's take a look at my lineup here from tonight. So... Is Brandon Williams just the best player to ever touch a basketball? I think he is. I think he is. Um, the Lakers news. If LeBron just played, I would be a millionaire tonight. More on that in a, in a little bit. But, yeah, so I originally had Brandon Williams. And then we got the LeBron news. Um, so I was debating. I was like, all right, who do I want to take out between Beasley and Williams? Um, Williams is like 80%. Beasley was 12% in this contest. And sure enough, Williams goes for like eight steals and blocks. Can't miss a shot. Absolute smash. Again, the best player to ever play. Now, um, did I make mis did I make a mistake by removing him as a core play? Yeah, I think I did. I think that was a mistake on my part. Now, so that, that one I'll take the L for. I don't think I should have removed him as a, a core option, um, for Patreon members, but should he have been 80% and a guy like Malik Beasley been 10% or there's just, there's like a lot of value on the slate. Now sure. Right. Williams absolutely smashed. Um, and basically I, he dug my grave for me early on when I saw, uh, you know, he was just absolutely crushing. Uh, but again, I don't believe, I don't think he should have been that popular. Now he was obviously a really good play, right? Point guard, starting point guard, but there was 10 available players and a lot of blow risk. So I thought there was like, okay, there's a chance this game turns a massive blowout, which it did. And maybe he only plays like 25 minutes, um, but he did get the blowout run, which I thought was possible. So that was, yeah, that was, that hurt. Uh, Tristan Thompson got in massive foul trouble. He still got there. Uh, we got news. Obviously, he was starting. Um, that was a, This was a wild slate. I do like slates like this, though, when it's just mayhem. Um, a lot of news, like right around lock. Um, you know, Thompson was one of them where Vucevic got ruled out. So he became a really good value. He also had power court eligibility, which was key there. Um, Damian Lee also got into foul trouble. Still was fine, but you needed more on a slate like this. I went to a low on Sabonis. We had like 33 at half, just a cardio second half. Um, I originally, the reason I say I should have been a millionaire, I originally had the RJ Barrett Sabonis combo. Um, and then I pivoted to get Westbrook in. What? Well, not Westbrook, West Wolt. West Wolt. I mean, I was just, I really didn't want to deal with the Lakers, but we, we honestly had to consider them without LeBron in a great matchup. Um, and he was once again, just disappointing. Um, John Murray was solid at the top. Uh, my boy, Sengun had a decent game as well, but yeah, no Williams, no cash. Uh, so that's basically how the slate worked. High stakes, winning lineup, Williams, who again is the best player to ever play. Uh, Jordan Poole. Interesting here that in the Rainmaker, Williams is only 57%. In the tournament I was in, he was like 80%. Um, so he, he was lower owned in the, in the you know, extreme high stakes. 
pool 86%. He started the game off, I think, with negative two fantasy points. With negative two. Uh, and he finished with 50. Um, he's got Harrison Barnes. Embiid went absolutely off. Uh, Luca had a massive game. Moses Moody, who he was doing everything in the first quarter. Poole's doing nothing. And Kevon Looney, I did like Looney as well. Um, but there's just the opportunity cost of center was so high today. So, um, yeah, guys, that is it for the look back uh, for myself and for high stakes. Now, real quick, the story time, as I mentioned with the millionaire, I'm sure a lot of you saw um, Sal's tweet. Now, here's what I'll say about that. Um, I don't think he meant it in a bad way. I don't think he meant it to like bring a lot of people down. Uh, but a lot of people are taking offense to it. Me, I don't really care. I, don't, I mean, I don't really take offense to anything, but... Uh, there's a lot of people like, no way, like you didn't make a million dollars or like, just like, you know, saying, oh, you're saying so everyone's content sucks. Basically what he said was, oh, I made a million dollars this year, but my content sucks. So it's like, I can see how people are like, uh, yeah, you know, they can get uh, mad about that. But again, here's what I'll say is I think Sal's a good guy. I think he's a good guy and he's a great businessman, great businessman. Uh, I actually started my channel before him and you can see he's way more successful than me. He's a millionaire. And I'm not. I'm definitely not a millionaire. So um, yeah, that's all I'll say. Again, I don't think it was meant in a bad way. I think he's a good guy. But uh, just wanted to mention that because I saw he was getting roasted on uh, on Twitter. But okay, so let's talk about this six game slate. And we'll start off with Brooklyn and Charlotte. So Brooklyn Nets, we have KD and Kyrie both playing in this one. LaMarcus Aldridge is out. So, like, there is some backup center minutes available. Now, I don't know if it's going to go to Blake or Claxton. So, it might be a situation where I stay away. But, like, you can take a shot in one of those guys you want to in a large field tournament. At the top, I mean, this is a great matchup for KD. Price point is not amazing. Uh, but I love targeting players against the Charlotte Hornets team. So, I think KD is a decent spend up here. Um, Kyrie Irving at 10K feels a little bit pricey with KD playing. So, I definitely think he's more of a contrarian option. Uh, Drummond at 5'8". We know he's a good point-per-minute guy, but, um, you know, the minutes haven't been great on him recently. I still think he's viable for tournaments. Like, I, with Aldridge out, maybe there's a chance he plays more. Like, maybe we get 25-plus minutes from Drummond, and he can still get it done, you know, playing alongside guys like Katie and Kyrie because Drummond's a great rebounder. Like, he's still going to be a high-usage guy. Um so I think he's he's viable for tournaments, but the the rest of the Nets value at the guards wings is gonna be really hard for me to get to anyone. Um, Goran Dragic started that one game, played 28 minutes. I, I guess he's probably the one value player to consider, uh, relatively cheap, and still probably sees you know around 20 minutes off the bench. And then like I said, if you want to take a shot in one of those backup centers, so you know maybe like a Blake Griffin or Claxton, you can. I'm not exactly sure who uh, Steve Nash is going to go to, so I'll probably just stay away from the backup center rotation. Moving on to Charlotte. So uh, the big three, I think, all look pretty good here against Brooklyn. I think Lamelo is the easiest guy to get to at 8-7. For some reason, he only played 29 minutes last game. He wasn't in foul trouble. He only had two fouls. So like I said, the minutes can sometimes be frustrating on Lamelo. Like, just play him 38 minutes a game. Like, why why are you playing him 29 minutes there? Um, and he played, like, really well. He had 24-7-8. and eight. So, like, there's just times where Lamelo randomly gets his minutes slashed. But I do think he's the best of the spend-up options. Rogier um, has played extremely well of late. I think he will get some ownership. I do prefer Lamelo to Rogier, but I get it if you want to play Rogier again. He he goes on stretches, right? He goes on stretches where he just absolutely smashes, and then he goes on stretches where he averages like twenty five fancy points. And right now he's on one of those stretches where he's averaging like fifty fancy points a game. So um, I think he's firmly, firmly in play. 
Um, I played Bridges that last slate. It could not have gone worse. He had 26 fancy points in 36 minutes. I think he's still in play, though, for, for a tournament setting. Uh, the rest of the Hornets, Oubre mm, should play like mid-20s minutes on the bench. It's a fine secondary play. This grouping of like Washington, Harrell, and Plumley, probably one of these guys is a good game and one will get extended. But good luck like trying to figure out who it's going to be. I don't know if it gets to the value. Uh, like Cody Martin did play 31 minutes last game. I guess he's the value put consider, but um, that is really it for the Hornets. Moving on to Cleveland and Indiana. So for the Cavs, we have Jared Allen out and Lavert out. So I think Darius Garland had a good matchup at 9K. Makes for a pretty decent spend up. Um, he's going to have to do everything for the team. He's going to do all the ball handling. 19 and 10 assists last couple games for Garland. And like I said, it's a good matchup too. So I think he looks pretty good. And then the big. So here's what I'll say. I think a lot of people might think, oh, Kevin Love might start. Cleveland loves when, like, if any player is out, insert, dust off, Dean Wade and start them. Like, every time Cleveland, I can almost guarantee you it's going to be Dean Wade that starts. Um, anytime someone in the starting lineup misses, you think, oh, you know, maybe it's this guy. Nope. Insert Dean Wade. Whenever, whenever they have someone out, Dean Wade, they love going to him. So, at 3.3K, if, in fact, he does start, I think he's viable. Um, not a high usage guy at all, but if he starts, sure, you can consider him. Um, I do like the bigs, the other bigs. Love, uh, Mobley and Love. So, like, Evan Mobley, when Allen went down, he had a massive game. Now, I don't think he, he goes for 50 again, but I do think his floor and ceiling goes up without Jared Allen. So, I do like Evan Mobley. And I like Kevin Love quite a bit as well at 5'8". He played 30 minutes last game. If we're going to get close to 30 minutes from Love at a sub-6K price point, that really stands out to me. And then Lloyd Markin also had a really, really good game. I think he gets a little bit of a boost. I think he's a solid option in the mid-range as well. So there's actually a lot to like here for Cleveland. Don't know if I get to anyone else. Chetty at 4-5. I mean, he has been playing more of late 32 minutes of back-to-back games. I think he is, you know, viable off the bench. Uh, but that is it for Cleveland. All right, moving on to Indiana. So um, Halliburton at 8.8K. I mean, he's going to play big minutes. But I think I would rather I lean uh, Brogdon at 7-8 who right now is playing big minutes as well and is a little bit cheaper. So I think of the two guards, I prefer Brogdon. Buddy Heald is also playing like close to 40 minutes a game. He's getting a ton of shot attempts up. I mean, he's been doing a better job at stuff in the statute as well. So um, I think it's Brogdon and Heald, probably my two uh, favorite options of the top three guys. Uh, Brissett at 5.7K. I mean, his minutes have been trending down a bit of late. It's a little bit hard to go there. I do think Jalen Smith off the bench is, is intriguing. The minutes have been pretty high in him recently, 37, 29, and 29 minutes. So... I think Smith looks pretty good. Isaiah Jackson started, but had like four or five fouls in eight minutes. Um, you know, he, he's just still not getting a ton of run, even when he's out of foul trouble. Um, and I also had to keep an eye on like Goga, like he might be back. So um, yeah, I think that is it for the Pacers. Phoenix and Orlando. So, I mean, it's hard not to like a lot here from Phoenix, right? No Booker, no Paul, no Cam Johnson. Great matchup here. So at the top, DeAndre Aiden at 6'6", six, six, I think makes for a great play um magic not scared of them at all defensively and yeah i think Aiden looks really really good i think bridges looks solid as well he's probably gonna play like 48 minutes in this game he doesn't necessarily get a massive usage bump um he's not gonna be a super high usage player but he's gonna play huge minutes here i think campaign looks phenomenal i don't think we're gonna spend a ton of, ton of time here i'm not sure why he's only 5.3k um in this spot without with him playing like huge minutes and without booker and paul he should honestly be like a 7k player so uh, he is too way too cheap at 5.3K. I think Jay Crowder at 5.1 looks okay as well. Going to play big, big minutes, a relatively safe player in the mid-range. Um, and then we got to consider some of these value options too. Like Aaron Holiday at 4K probably sees, you know, low 20s minutes. I think he's in consideration. Landry Shamit, even though he's not the best point per minute guy, is definitely viable. 
Um, he had a big game last game. I think that's kind of more an outlier. And I do think Torrey Craig at 3-9 also sees a little bit of a minutes bump without Cam Johnson. So there's just a lot to like here for Phoenix. You can always take a shot at McGee. He's going to play the backup center, but um, always just a you know GVP option unless DeAndre Aiden is out. Moving on to Orlando. So Jalen Suggs questionable. Um, tougher spot here. I think like the main guys are okay uh, GVP plays in Carter Jr. and Cole Anthony, especially if Suggs is out. We saw Hampton start uh, with Suggs out, played 34 minutes and did nothing. But um, yeah, so Suggs is out. Uh, I think a little bit of a bump to like Cole Anthony and Carter Jr. Refined contrarian plays. Franz Wagner does not stand out to me. Mo Bamba at 5'5". Um, I mean, this is a big team. So maybe he pushes for closer to 30 minutes and in consideration for tournaments. And like I said, uh, it was RJ Hampton that started last game. If he starts, if Suggs is out, you can you can look to him for value. Um, and then Markel Fultz at 4'3". So keep an eye on the news. You know, they've been taking it easy on his minutes, but maybe they, they find the increase some a little bit. So uh, if they do, I think you can uh, consider him for value. New Orleans and Memphis. So uh, the main guys for New Orleans, I think, look pretty good here in an up-tempo game. I mean, the Pelicans have been playing really well of late. Um, CJ McCollum, like I said, he is playing the point guard. Uh, he has a pretty high floor right now, um, and he should play close to 40 minutes. So um, I think CJ is definitely in play. I don't think he's a priority play. But definitely viable. Brandon Ingram came through in a big way for me last slate, uh, except for overtime. We did, like, nothing. Um, he also should play, you know, 35-plus minutes. So uh, Ingram, CJ, I think are good, uh, you know, good contrarian plays. I don't think they're priorities for me. And then Jonas Valanciunas got massive foul trouble last game. Lost a decent chunk of minutes and still went for 40 fancy points. It's a revenge game narrative against his former team in Memphis. Um, and if he stays out of foul trouble, I think we get, you know, 32 to 34 minutes from him and a sub-8K seven or sub price point. I think he is definitely someone we can look to. And then Jackson Hayes at 5K, if he continues to start, is a fair play. Um, gotten some foul trouble. They actually went to Hernan Gomez down the stretch last game. And Devontae Graham at 3-7, I think he's in play for GPPs. Most likely only going to play about 20 minutes. Um, but, you know, he's gone for 20-plus in three of the last four games. On the Memphis side, so John Morant was a massive chalk bust last game. Uh, the price point did go up on him a little bit. Now, I still like the spot. Um... I don't think he's a must play, but um, I think the ownership will drop on him after, uh, as opposed to the previous slate. Jaron Jackson Jr. was massive chalk, and he was a huge bust. Now, here's one. The price went up a little bit, and now I don't think many people play him. So this is a spot I would rather take a shot in Triple J than the previous slate where he was massive chalk. I will consider Jaron Jackson Jr. when I think he's going to be low owned, and I think he'll be low owned in this spot. So um, I do think he's, you know, viable for GBPs. It was Bain that had a really big game last game. 6.5K, fair price point, no issue with him. Steven Adams also had a massive game because Jaron Jackson Jr. got in foul trouble. Um, if you think Triple J gets in foul trouble, you can play Adams. Uh, but really, that's where he has his ceiling is when Jaron Jackson is in foul trouble. Bench, guys. I mean, Clark should have had a good game last game. He had 27 minutes, only 17 fancy points. But um, again, if you think Jaron Jackson gets in foul trouble, he's probably the beneficiary there. Let's move on to the final two games here, Milwaukee and Oklahoma City. So this game obviously has some blowout risk, a lot of blowout risk. But, um, you know, Giannis, if you think the Thunder can somehow keep it close, I mean, he could have a huge, huge game in the spot. So it uh, looks good, but a little bit of risk involved. Kind of the same thing with the likes of the Colody, Milton, Portis. I love the spot, and all of these guys have upside. Um, but like I said, they're a little bit risky because of potential blowout. I think Portis is probably the easiest guy to get to, cheapest of the of the bunch. Um, so I think Portis is probably my favorite of those, like, uh, mid-range uh, bucks. And then Grayson Allen being out, does it really do a lot for me? I mean, probably start a guy like Wes Matthews. I just don't think I can stomach playing Wes Matthews in 2022. Um, I do think Nawara is 
kind of intriguing. I would think he gets a little bit more run too. And if the game blows out, like he might be in that blowout lineup. So I think he's like interesting for that reason. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ibaka 3-4. He plays close to 20 minutes. I guess you can go to him because he's so, so cheap. But um, I think that is going to wrap it up for the Bucks on the Thunder side. So um, do we, I think I saw news that those questionable guys are still out. Let me just confirm that though. I'm pretty sure I saw that on underdog. Um, ah, just Twitter. It's not going to work. Oh, here we go. Oh, I, I go to check Twitter. My low owned Sabonis play. How about an ejection? How I literally go to check this thunder news. Sabonis ejected. And I had Mitchell Robinson in my showdown captain. Two fouls in like 10 seconds. And then an uh, illness doesn't return. So yeah, Dort, Kendrick Williams, Tydro, Mike Muscala remain out. So, um, yeah, basically. And they say, did they say Roby too? Dort, Williams, Tydro, Mike Muscala. Okay, so they didn't say Roby. So I think Roby, yeah, Roby's the one that has a chance to play here. Uh, but yeah, so we'll start at the top, Shea Gillis Alexander. Uh, Sabonis he checked. Oh, yeah. Sabonis is like 2% too. Ejected. We're moving. We're moving on. Shea at 10-6. So if you think the Thunder can keep this game competitive, it's probably going to be a big game from Shea. So, like, I think if I'm playing Giannis, you know, it makes sense to run it back with Shea. You don't have to. But, like, again, the, the comparison of, like, okay, so if the Thunder keep it close, obviously Giannis is probably having a really good game in a great spot. And if the game stays competitive, you probably know why it's in competitive, a big game from Shea. Um, now if Roby's out, they started Baisley at the five last game, um, played 36 minutes. Like he's going to make for a pretty good play if he starts at the five. Also Olivier. So it's not Oliver. It's Olivier Sar got the backup five run. Um, so he'd be in play if even the game blows out like a guy like Olivier Sar and like Theo Maladon. I think those are two guys you can look to if you think this game turns into a massive blowout. Um, Aaron Wiggins at 3-3. I mean, he's awful, but he did play 35 minutes last game. So if he starts, I think you can consider him. Pogoshevsky's been starting, but a 5.6K price point feels about right for him. So, um, yeah, monitor the Roby news. Uh, that's going to be big because if he's out, I think Baisley makes her a pretty good play uh, if he starts at the 5. And finally, the Clippers and the Warriors, two teams that have caused me immense pain this year in DFS. Uh, the Clippers, I mean, you have Reggie at 8-6. He does have a ceiling, but like it feels maybe a little bit overpriced for him. Avicii Zubach, I you know, I like the spot. Uh, you know, Biggs have been doing well against Golden State, but a little bit worried about his minutes for a team that likes going small like Golden State. So like, and it's also like 7K for Zubach. Eh, eh. Morris and Mann in the mid-range are both okay. Hardenstein will play the backup five, but like 5K for him feels pricey. Like Covington's out, but I guess that means a little bit more run for like the likes of a Canard, Batum, and Coffee, who I think are probably the, honestly, the easiest guys to get to are these cheapy, uh, cheap guys. Canard of 4K does have a ceiling, but again, low floor because he's scoring dependent. Nick Batum has not been great recently, but he's also very cheap and probably plays a little bit more without Covington. 
Amir Coffee, you could say the same thing. So like, I think those three are in consideration with Covington out. But yeah, it's, it's really a team that um, it's hard to feel good about the spend ups uh, for the price points. And finally, Golden State. So right now they have listed, they have everyone listed out, but I'm assuming all the main guys outside of like Draymond um, and Otto are going to play. Um, yeah, it was just, so like, I'm pretty sure Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond's still going to be out. Porter's going to be out because, oh, wait, no, wait. Porter was an illness. I think he has a chance to play. I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll keep it out of the Golden State news. But I think a majority of the guys are going to play in this one. So Steph Curry, 11K, play the tape. You know what I'm going to say. Clay Thompson, 6.7, does have a ceiling. You know, he's been playing around 30 minutes. I think uh, viable, does have shooting guard, small forward eligibility, which is nice. Wiggins at 6'4", eh, I hate the guy. The guy has cost me. He's He he has cost me more money than anyone at DFS throughout my uh, career. Um, Looney at 4.3K. I mean, if the Clippers, you know, continue to run out uh, either Zubach or Hardenstein the entire game, I do think Looney probably plays around 25 minutes, which would make him a fair value play. But I think that's it for Golden State. Again, monitor the news. Maybe we do have a couple other guys that, that miss this game as well. But... Yeah, guys, that's going to wrap it up for the video. So if you have been enjoying uh, the YouTube content, just make sure to hit that like button, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. As always, guys, um, I appreciate everyone checking out the videos every single day. Um, I hope you guys have a great night, and I will see you all in the next one.